This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Wee Boon. After two years of COVID-19 and staying indoors, many are now beginning to make holiday plans as the travel restrictions in the region begin to ease. But the economy is somewhat still uncertain, inflation, cost of goods is rising, OPR rates just recently got raised, so it's important for you to be conscious of what you're spending on while planning for your holiday. So joining me to discuss this topic, to share some tips on how to budget for your traveling is Suraya the founder and writer of the popular personal finance blog, Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Good morning and welcome to the show, Soraya. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here again. Okay, so before you go on vacation, how do you allocate your budget? Do you split it up? Do you sit down and plan and split up? Okay, this is how much I should go to flight, accommodations, food, or do you pick the destination first and then you just adjust everything accordingly? So just for context to everyone, I did actually plan a traveling i went to turkey back in january december january and i spent ten thousand for the both of us for eight days seven nights so i do have a little bit of an experience traveling during the pandemic and when it comes to budgeting obviously i'm a personal finance blogger personal finance is my whole personality uh traveling is part of my personality as well so this is how i personally do the budgeting so i First, I allocate for the budget. I never want to go over the budget. I decide how much I want to spend on the trip for the whole trip. So let's say 5000 That's my max, right? Next, I make sure I have at least 50% of the amount just set aside for contingencies. This is not money meant to be spent just to be like, just in case. And I also want to put that aside because part of traveling is to be open to new experiences. So maybe I'll spend it, maybe not, but it's just good to have extra just to leave that, you know, extra money for serendipity purposes, right? So, and of course, you know, it goes without saying that all of this money, 7,500 ringgit so far, it is not part of the six months living expenses, not part of the emergency funds at all, not taken from credit card, not BNPL. It's completely separate. It's allocated, already saved up in a different tabung altogether. The next thing I do is that I look for places that fits into my budget. So this obviously depends on so many things. Um, it, it depends on your you know, your travel personality. Some people like budget traveling. Some people want to go all out. You might want to go to a specific location. You might find flight deals. You might find different accommodation arrangement. So the same 5,000, maybe it can give you, let's say, a few days in Australia, but a few weeks in Thailand. But you can also, if you, if you prefer a different type, you know, different type of traveling, you can maybe stretch the same amount if you can stay with friends or family at this destination. Really, it's just really up to you, but have your cap. I guess for me, I always find it useful to just keep the flight prices around or under a third of the whole budget. During my Turkey trip, it was in total, I spent 5,000 ringgit. And I remember my flight cost was just under 2,000 ringgit. So that's about like, that's about 40%, which is right around a third, more or less. And, you know, the rest the expenses you can play around with accommodation food shopping these are these kind of expenses are a lot more flexible easier to play around with but keep your flight prices around a third of your budget okay but what about your accommodations then because i think the next thing that comes after flight is accommodations right how do you budget for the accommodations and what's important to you when it comes to accommodations when it comes to accommodation 
I love value for money. <laughs> I think I used to be like a backpacker-ish. So like go to hostel and stuff like that. But now I've, I've um, prioritized a little bit more, you know, spending on comfort. Now, you know, everyone grows older and they shifted towards that. But with accommodation, you can look through like the... I, I like to go to booking.com or Agoda and look at what are the available options within the four-star, five-star range. So I look through, like for me, what's more important is the quality, is the service that I'm going to get. Like when you're on holiday, you just don't want to be worried about like bad service, right? So I look at the options available and then I plan kind of around that. So let's say during my Turkey trip, I looked around and I and I saw that, okay, I can get like a decent like four and a half star hotels for around like say 500 ringgit per night. So going kind of backwards, if I already deduct the cost of the flight, then it would it would give me around how many, so and so many nights. So this is like the maximum amount of nights that I can stay there while also have some money left over for food and also other expenses. I think that doing it this way or planning it based on the ratings that you can find online is a good idea or at least that's my preferred way of looking for accommodation. Do you weigh kind of like the um, cost when it comes to, I think some people, you know, like Airbnb might be a bit more worth it for them or the other way around, like hotels might be a more, more, bit more worth it for them. I mean, yeah, Airbnb and hotels. Okay, so I've done Airbnb quite a few times um, in different countries and I really like it. It's, uh, if you're looking for the local feel, like nothing beats Airbnb experience. However, nowadays, it's quickly losing their appeal. The ones with the excessive cleaning charges, right? It's um, when you book and then at the end, you thought that you're getting a deal, but at the end, after all the cleaning fees and charges that they add on, um, it just quickly, you know, you can see that hotels might be a better, um, you know, might be a better choice. So I think that whichever you pick, again, I would prioritize the one with the high ratings. Um, and also the one that fits in your budget, obviously. Again, you want something, you want some, you want to pick something that gives you, you know, higher likelihood for good service. That's what you want while on holiday. So Airbnb or hotels, both have benefits, both have drawbacks. I would say that at the end of the day, pick something that has good service, good ratings. Yeah, you don't want to start off your holiday being frustrated and frazzled and otherwise, what's the point, right? Okay, so, you know, you've picked your destination, you've made a budget, you've bought the flights, you've decided where you want to stay. What are the other main checklists that you should consider before flying off route? I think travel insurance comes to mind. Yes, of course. Um, Just a, a quick one. Before travel insurance, obviously, you have to check the requirements of the country that you're visiting, including the layover, some of them, including the, the flight, some of them have different requirements and they, you know, in this pandemic era, things change all the time. I remember when I was traveling to Turkey and I booked the flight, I think two months in advance. I remember feeling a lot of anxiety over the changing rules. So I was checking it at one point almost daily or at least almost weekly just to see, you know, what are the other requirements that I have, I would have missed could have missed and that's not an over exaggeration because I actually did went to the airport and there were some people who could not board the flight because they missed doing certain requirements that changed last minute I'm bumping into like this um this group who was supposed to travel 
to the UK, to London, if I'm not mistaken. And the day before, they changed the requirement. Like the PCR test was supposed to be like 48 hours in advance. And they changed the requirement just the day before. They had to get it 24 hours in advance. So thank goodness they arrived to the airport early that they could do PCR again. But there were some people in their group who could not board the flight because they didn't they didn't have enough time to do another PCR test. And as you know, PCR test takes a while in order to get the result. So that's um, is part of the, I guess, fun anxiety of traveling during the pandemic. But yes, of course, about um, travel insurance, it, it was important before. It's even more important right now. And um, another family that I know, you know, they, they actually got COVID while they caught COVID while they were traveling. And they had to extend their stay because they were not allowed to fly back, obviously. And because of the extended stay, they had to pay, I believe, for the, for the whole family, of, there were a few of them, they had to pay an additional 50,000 ringgit to repurchase the flight ticket, to cover the cost of their quarantine, to cover the cost of their COVID test and all that. So that's 50,000 ringgit is quite a lot of money to spend on um, emergency during that time. So you can imagine if you don't have... Um, you know, travel insurance to, to help you a little bit with that cost. What is supposed to be a fun vacation can quickly turn into like someone being in debt. Yeah, I think outside of health and these emergency COVID situations, which is important. And I think prior to even these, right, the things that travel insurance cover as well is, uh, I think, loss of your luggage, if your flight gets delayed and you need to stay, accommodations and everything. I mean, they cover all these other things as well, right? Definitely, yep. Okay, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents. I'm Simwi Boon. Today's topic is budgeting tips for traveling. And here to share some of her thoughts is Soraya Zainuddin, the founder and writer of the popular personal finance blog Ringgit o Ringgit.com. She just uh, recently came back from a holiday, so she's really in the right spot to talk to us about how to make the most out of your buck when traveling. Um, all right, so flight spot, travel insurance bought, accommodations booked. Uh, I am on my way to fly now, but I still want to plan out the things to do during my holiday, right? For you, you know, when you're traveling, uh, what's the priority to you in terms of activities? Do you prioritize like activities that are more cost-friendly, like checking out museums and everything? Or do you think about, oh, maybe I should list down the thing, the, the type of activities that's going to cost me first and then go from there? Yes, definitely. With activities, I, there's a lot of budget travelers out there that advocate for free activities and that's all amazing. But I do, you know, if I want to go traveling and the specific activities only available there, like I'll always regret it if I don't do that specific activity while I'm in the country. So I would definitely budget it in. And I'm a huge advocate for planning ahead, putting things in the budget. And it's always fun to look forward to activities, right? So what I do is that I would book some of the must-do activities. And this is my this is my hack, actually. Um, Airbnb experiences is amazing for booking activities. It's a great place for you to see what kind of activities are available at the location. Uh, it's great for booking a guide that can help you, you know, bring around at the popular spot if you're into that kind of thing. Um, it's also great if you want to look for like itineraries, um, if you want to plan, you know, if you want to do your own itinerary and you're looking for ideas, it's amazing. So check that out, Airbnb experiences. And in my own personal experience, and I don't know if this applies to any other country, but weirdly, 
uh, when I was booking my, um, what do you call it? When I was booking my hot air balloon in Turkey, in Cappadocia, Turkey, the cost of booking the activity was cheaper on Airbnb activities in Malaysian ringgit compared to USD. So that's that. this little, little things that you can check out, like different places in the internet. And that's always, you know, fun, whatever that can help you to save costs, right? So after you book that and, you know, I I, I believe in pay now, <laughs> enjoy later, um, as opposed to, you know, buy now, pay later. So when you have booked something that increases, you know, you're, you're looking forward to something that increases your happiness. And um, preferably, you should also book something with free cancellation that applies to activities, that applies to accommodation as well. You never know. Last minute, if things get cancelled. So if you can pick the free cancellation option, go for that. It's okay if it's a little bit more expensive because you just never know. Um, But other than that, I love to just allocate for some free time. I just allocate some free days. This is just for exploration. This is just for serendipity. I, I get to do what I want to do. I don't feel rushed. If I feel like museums on that day, then um, I'll go to museums. If I, go, I feel like parks that day, I'll, I'll go for parks. When it comes to activities and spending, right, Um, do you allocate a daily budget or is it more like budget for the entire trip? Because for me, um, when I go travel, depending on where, of course, it depends on the location, but sometimes I allocate myself a daily budget. And if I don't spend that much, then I'll push it over to the next day. What do you think of that? Yes, absolutely. I'm a big fan of that as well. Yes. You know, whatever that I don't spend a day is carried over to the next day. If I use it, good. If I don't use it, then also good. Another thing that I love to do is just to over budget for everything. Uh, so let's say the I will look at like uh, what, the, what's the website name? Numbio or something that they show you like cost of living in different countries. I would check out the data from there and would say, let's say like the average cost of a meal in country X is let's say 50 ringgit for two people for an average, you know, like sit down restaurant, let's say, right? So I would budget, instead of 50 ringgit, I would budget 100 ringgit. And if I don't use the maximum amount, that's okay. Uh, the worst that can happen is that I have more money that I can either bring home or spend to other things. So it, I will, using it this way, I never go, rarely, very rarely go over budget in my, in my traveling. Yep, that's actually a pretty good tip. Okay, but let's talk about the actual spending there. What is the preferred method for you to kind of like spend when it comes to spending in wherever you're traveling? Is it cash? Is it card? Is it debit card, credit card? Right. It depends on the country that you're going. Use whatever that is most accepted and where you're going. There's no, there's no point in bringing, uh, let's say, like a cash if the country is super, you know, super into e-wallet. Um, having said that, definitely bring some cash, at least enough to get you to your hotel. Um, this happened to me once, you know, I was um, overconfident. I didn't bring any cash. I went to Bali. Uh, this is before the pandemic. But I was so overconfident with my... Um, prepaid debit card at the time, I thought, okay, I'll arrive to the destination. I'll just withdraw cash from the ATM. Um, and it just so happened that it didn't work. <laughs> the amount deducted, but the cash never came out and it was a problem with the ATM. So I spent in the whole duration feeling anxious over the missing money. And thank goodness I had other sources of um, funds in order to finance my vacation there. So definitely bring some cash. Um, other than that, it's always a good idea to bring your Credit card, if you have it, or um, at least a debit card for emergencies, you always need that. The travel debit cards are generally actually a, a good, it's a good idea. They have amazing rates. I, I do recommend them. Um, for the most part, they do work as intended. Just check 
about the they are great for like beeping at different you know like visa uh, so if you use the the wave function it's amazing you get amazing rates but just check at different ATMs because some of them have ridiculous withdrawals ATM like cash withdrawal fees I remember in Turkey in addition to some charges that the company itself imposed, the ATM itself charges, I think, like 6 to 8% just to withdraw your cash from the ATM. So that's obviously, you know, not to your advantage. You can, I think it's also a good idea to call your bank before, if you have a credit card, uh, call your bank. Uh, you can temporarily increase your credit card, credit card limit while you're traveling. This is just for in-case situation. If you are traveling with friends, you should probably, you know, talk to each other about, you know, how much emergency funds each other are bringing. And if if you are good friends with each other, you can, you know, look out for each other. So that's another good way as well to be safe while traveling. Just going back to the cash thing, right? Is it better to change the money here before you leave or change the money there? And also, you know, what do you look out for when you're changing money, right? Because I think currency rates sometimes can be quite a killer. And there's also the danger that you might get scammed. So another aspect of, I think, traveling that most people don't really think about is traveling within traveling, which is when you actually had the destination, going from one place to the other. I mean, if you're in Bali, okay, you know, if you just stay beside, great. But most places you need to move around. Um, what are the considerations to have, right, when it comes to transportation within the destination? Yeah, traveling within a destination is part of the fun. <laughs> uh, it, it, it might have the emotional highs and lows, but it's also part of the fun, um, part of the process. So like you said, it depends on where you're going, uh, what you plan to do, uh, depends on your, I guess, your your group arrangement. Some people travel together in a family and they can't, you know, they have to book a car because they have a stroller, for example. So um, I have done, I think, most options. I have booked cars. I have used public transportation. I have used Grab, Uber. I have used e-hailing services. I have used taxis. Um, I've even like, used trains and, and used um, domestic flights. So I have um, all these different experiences. All of them are good options. But I would say that if you are someone who is um, budget conscious, and especially if you're going to cities, then I guess my top tip to you is to book accommodation within walking distance to public transportation. Um, book something that's near to their version of LRT, their version of monorail. Then in this way, you'll save a lot on cars, you'll save a lot on taxis. And um, I even did it like a bit one step further, like before I went to, again, drawing back on the Turkey experience, I even looked up the like how to use the airport, where the airport bus will drop me off in the city center so that it is walkable to my hotel. So I even put that into consideration. If you are, you know, not sure of how things will go, I would say budget in the cost of taxis anyway, just in case. Again, like all these just in case things, Great if you have it. Great if it doesn't happen, but still great if you, you know, if you have the money allocated. Um, in in my case, during that time, I did, you know, plan for the hotel to be within walking distance to the airport bus drop off area, but it was raining, so like it or not, we had to take the taxi at that time. So you know, with um, but for the rest of the duration, we we just took the uh, their version of um LRT. And it was it was great and it was um super affordable and it's something that you can um you know keep in mind while you're looking for accommodation. And it's quite easy if you go to Booking or Aguda, you can search for hotels nearby. 
um, public transportation. So it's not a hard thing to it's not a hard thing to to plan ahead for. Okay, so before we close off this conversation, what are some of the other tips, general tips that you can give our listeners when it comes to planning, budgeting for your travel? And obviously, check if your passport is active. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't believe the number of people who I've met who have actually admitted to like wanted to go traveling and then at the last minute they noticed that their passport was almost expired. So you know, like during the pandemic, most of us we don't check our passport validity very often. But just don't assume that it's still active. Um, but in a more practical way, um, you should definitely keep in your back or in your notebook a few types of information. And then we'll list it out. I actually wrote it down. So list out in your notebook your flight number and your flight times, including the layovers, right? All these are practical things. You might need to like fill it up when you're in the flight. They give you those like departure cards and all that. It's just good to have them handy. Um, write in all of your booking numbers for your hotels, for your um, guide and tours, um, things like that. Uh, write your exchange rate. Uh, write down uh, your tentative itinerary and divide it by day. Um, you know, what you plan to do, what are the things that the options of, of activities that you, you might want to do just so that you don't miss uh, the things that you plan to do. You can maximize your time there. Uh, write down your hotel addresses, your hotel phone numbers. Um, write down your insurance certificate number and write, definitely write down the insurance company's um, hotline number. Um, and in addition, uh, please print out a hard copy of your passport and your ID and just keep it inside your um, inside your uh, your carry-on bag. Um, and also another copy to put inside your, your luggage as well. So all of these are practical things, just um, good for, you know, one of those things that, that you wish you would have done, just in case things go not as planned. All right. Thank you for such great tips. And we've reached the end of the show. Uh, that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Soraya Zainuddin, the founder and writer of the popular personal finance blog, Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.